Bongin Somi, the Spa Proteus captain. You're listening to the Half Court Press podcast. Kia ora, I'm Amelia and Ikea from the Silver Ferns and you are listening to the Half Court Press. Hi, I'm Natalie Haythelmsway and I play for the England Roses Wing Attack and Goal Attack and you're listening to the Half Court Press podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Half Court Press podcast and welcome back to our Whistleblowers Umpire Special Series. We have a, a super special guest today from the International Netball Federation, the world governing body for netball. Uh, and we have one of the umpiring administrators, I think I believe the chief umpiring administrator for the INF, Christina Davidson. Hello, Christina. Hi. Hi. How, how, how are you enjoying lockdown? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's just a bit, bit of a different way of doing things. But, um, you know, at the International Netball Federation, the staff are, are able to continue working from home. So we've still been getting on with our usual um, working um, activities. Um, and um, just trying to make the, the best of the situation as it stands. Right, so, so I think many people who listen to this podcast might not be that aware of, of netball or the INF. Uh, could you tell us a bit about your background, a bit about what your role is with the uh, Netball Federation? Yeah, I mean, I'm the um, um, international umpire manager at the International Netball Federation. Um, it's called the INF, and that's how it's referred to shorthand. Um, we um, are a sort of the world governing body for netball. Um, we have uh, five regions that we represent, and we have an INF board um, who uh, sort of run the company and devise a strategy. And at the secretariat, secretariat, which is where I work, and I'm the umpiring manager for, we sort of done the we do the operational side of that strategic plan. Uh, we're a membership run organisation, so um, we do a lot of consultation with our members, and we work on behalf of those members members being countries that um, sort of play uh, netball as a team. And we have full members and associate members. Um, full members can play ranking matches and, um, you know, get points towards the ranking system, which is where our uh, ranking system comes from and where all the uh, countries sort of play internationally. Um, I'm, I'm actually personally um, an umpire as well. I umpire voluntarily for England netball. Um, I umpire the Premier Leagues. Um, which is just um, in England, there's something called the Super League, which is where the higher level national, um, it's the highest level of national play there is. And the Premier League just sits under that. And, and that's the level where I umpire nationally as well. But that's outside of my um, job. Um, my job with the INF is based on the international um, umpiring community and the umpiring coaches that work in that environment. Now, I believe that the International Netball Federation uh, has uh, a, course, a unique structure. You're, you're a non-profit-based uh, organisation, aren't you? The um, International Network Federation um, is, is run by um, fees from members and also the uh, major events that we run, the Netball World Cups, um, Netball World Youth Cups. We do something called Fast Five as well, which is like a shortened version of the, the traditional game. Um, um, and that's how we fund the International Netball Federation. So any money generated um, is fed right back into the sport for, um, at the INF level. Now, I think a large part of your role is appointing, appointing umpires, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so for the International Netball Federation, um, the, uh, the only thing that we sort of give as a product is the, the umpires. So we have a set of umpires um, who are voluntary, even at an international level. Um, and uh, we look to appoint those to matches that are going to be ranked. Um, yeah, we have we the, the system is actually 
um, even though I'm doing the, the selection at the office, it's based on recommendations from umpire coaches. We have a set of umpire coaches appointed to the INF, they're called International Testing Panel or ITPs, and they actually work closely with the umpires globally. They're a global resource, we have a number around the world, and then they recommend the umpires for events, and that's how we select based on their recommendations. So what is the selection criteria? Do you have a list or? Uh, the, the criteria actually, are, you know, it, it's probably worth mentioning that netball is mainly voluntary. Um, we have a, a massive um, set of volunteers worldwide, not only in officiating, but across the board, coaches, administrators, um, helpers, you know, parents, everybody who's involved is generally voluntary. There are a few paid people in, in the sport nationally and some players and officials, but almost everybody is generally a volunteer. And um, so what I was going to say is the reason I was going into that was the um, money is still quite a, a challenge for a lot of our um, countries in participating in sport. So location does come into the selection. Um, and then, then we look at the right level of umpire. So to make sure that the umpire is at the right level based on what the ITP deem as being appropriate for, um, for a match. Um, and also then we do look at development or if there's any pathways that they're on towards awards we'll consider that as well um, so yeah there is quite a mix of reasons why um, we would select somebody for a match it sounds quite de de developmental uh, yeah i mean as, as, a, as a federation we do try and give the right opportunities to to the international umpires we have about um, 60 umpires internationally now um, sort of who are either international umpire awards who or who are international talent identified umpires internationally um, so um, we do try and make sure that we have the opportunities for those umpires it is limited netball doesn't have a vast amount of uh, international games but um, we do look to try and match the opportunities for development but also try and match that the, the quality of the umpire is right for the quality of the game Okay, so in terms of educate, education and, and developing an umpire, uh, do you have any programmes that, that, that the INF go through or local? Uh, no, I mean, from an from a, um, International Netball Federation perspective, we, we sort of rely on our national um, organisations, our members, to make sure that they have the right pathways and support for umpires. Um, to progress through the awards and then get to the level where they are internationally and then we ask them to make sure that they're maintaining that and working on that within their own member country and region. Um, internationally when they're appointed to an event by the INF we do have umpire coaches there, we have the ITPs, the International Testing Panel representatives there who do provide support and do give feedback during those events which is obviously to help them progress and make sure that they're still working at the right level and then able to progress in the international space. All right, so I mean, would you be linked with England netball? When you, when you were umpiring yourself in the league, presumably yes. Uh, yeah, so from a personal perspective, so outside of my role as uh, the umpiring manager at INF, I do umpire personally, but that's in the national programme. Yeah. So I umpire voluntarily in the England netball um, programme. Um, so um, I do get support in the England netball programme, on a national level. So I go to national events and it's, it's sort of mirrors what the INF do. There's umpire coaches that the England Netball um, the England Netball have at those events and they provide the same level of support and guidance and development opportunities at those events. 
what sort of education have you had personally as part of your umpire career? Yeah, I mean, I can only talk personally about England netball, obviously, because that's the um, that's where I, I got my qualifications and who I umpire for. Um, they do do um, they do days um, where you can go along, and we don't they do like residential weekends now where you go along to um, a day of education, which will be a lot of the umpire coaches uh, or um, high level administrators will put together sort of courses on specific things like um, position and timing or vision or advantage, and then they'll educate us on that and give us up to date information and ways to work on that and develop that. And then we, they do an evening um, where you do, you have like a sort of a dinner and a dancing and singing uh, for the evening. So it's a bit of a community as well. Um, England Netball have something called Team White. They, they have a, they call themselves Team White. Um, and that's what I'm part of. And that's an England Netball sort of way of having that community here in England. Right. Now, I believe that you are also studying towards a master, master's degree. Uh, yes, I am. Yes, um, I've been lucky enough to be part of a, um, an initiative by the Edinburgh Napier University. It's a postgraduate uh, course, it's an MSc, um, and that's in performance enhancements in sports officiating. Um, it's a part-time course and remote uh, learning. So I'm just in module three of the first year. Um, I've done two modules. I passed the first one, finding out if I passed the second one and just doing the third one. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. Well, good luck with that. Um, yeah. Now, some of the information you sent across to me uh, before before this interview, I noticed that that the INF is also linked with the University of Portsmouth to develop. Yes. So, I mean, there's a master's degree at at Napier, and there's additional stuff being developed at the Portsmouth University as well. Yes. So, how do how do we do these two degrees combine other links? How is this progressing umpiring? No, so um, they're, they're not linked actually. Um, so the performance enhancements in sports officiating at Edinburgh Napier University is, is something that um, the INF support because it helps to uh, understand the latest research in officiating and also add to that research, get more of a breadth of that. There's other, there's other sports involved in that. There's been rugby and basketball. There's rugby and basketball on that course represented as well, um, and, there was, and and football um, is is on that as well. So um, what that's doing is just um, evolving me as um, as a person, but also for the job. It means there's current um, issues and um, also sort of other elements outside of sport that can be used in netball. So there's things like leadership. There's things like performance things like that where there's frameworks that are out there and it's just about how applicable they are to officiating. So that's where the uh, course that I'm doing in terms of the masters is gonna help and come into the INF. From, for the Portsmouth University research, this is actually a separate thing. Um, so Portsmouth University have an officiating um, sort of department, research department, um, and I connected with them. Tom Webb is the uh, head of that. Um, and uh, working with Tom Webb, we now have a research students PhD students who are working on an umpiring study for the INF. It's a three-year program um, again, um, and um, they're looking at um, how to. Um, they're looking at the um, working load of an umpire to see if there's um, anything we can do on fitness, or, or, like in terms of fitness, understanding how fit an umpire's got to be, how an umpire can look after themselves, 
We're looking at standardization across the different regions we have to understand what works and, and what doesn't. And then we're also looking at what we can do to help with the performance analysis of umpires. And that's going to look at how umpires are filmed and you know how to use that footage. So um, that's a three-year programme. We just started this year. We had a Netball World Cup in Liverpool in the summer last year, which was a, a great success across the board, um, administratively, match-wise, officiating, you know, team-wise. You know, it was, it was a greatly um, run, well-run event by England Netball. It's a well-attended event, and, um, you know, the results were amazing from that. Um, so the umpiring study started there. We had University of Portsmouth students, the research students who were running that umpiring study at the event, collecting information on the umpires. And they've obviously been analysing that and coming up with recommendations and we're moving forward with those now and trialling things out based on that research. That sounds like a fantastic um, case study sort of down the line that, that could potentially be moving to other sports, not just netball as well. Yes, yeah, um, you know, the, when you partner up with the university, we've been really lucky. I mean, I started in the INF in 2015 as the umpiring manager, and it was always my, um, my wish that we could um, take the opportunity to partner with the university to look at how we could um, analyse the officiating world in netball and how we could help to take that research and evidence and move it forward. So it's a model that has worked before. I know rugby have done it um, in the past where they partnered with universities to try and do research projects, which um, will again advance the sport, but also offer a research project for, for those um, students who want them. How much would this tie into already existing sports science and physiology research? Um, so what happens is with, with the studies, they, they look at what research is out there already and sort of try to understand what what they've seen before or what's experienced before and then you take the data that you have and then you then fit you see how that fits into that framework and if that framework still fits for that organization so it's a it's an evolution so when, when you're looking at the research you can see what's happened before how relevant it is if things have evolved if things are different if there's matches and so you may use that research um, to add to it or it may be research that propels you forward in a different way Fascinating. Fascinating. Potentially. It's really interesting. Both, both things, I, you know, I'm really lucky. I mean, I'm lucky to represent netball at an international level. I'm lucky to be able to represent the officials at the international level. They do, they do wonderful work and spend a lot of time and energy to make the sport happen um, and enhance, um, enhance the sport. So um, these, these things that are happening with me doing the master's study, which is obviously a personal commitment for me. I'm meant to do at least 16 hours study a week preferably to be able to complete it on top of all the jobs the job I do and obviously the volunteering I usually do for the, the netball umpiring myself and then the umpiring study again is something that you know um, is, is we're lucky enough to be able to have let the um, the board allow that to happen because obviously the board have to make have to make sure that we're investing in the right way so at the International Netball Federation we are dedicated to invest what we can in officiating and that was a decision that the board took last year to invest that money for three years for that um, study to go on. So yeah, I'm extremely lucky to be able to get those initiatives going and be involved personally again in the Masters. Moving on to the umpire practicality side of things, the, umpire, you know, the, actual, the actual nitty 
bitty of, of, of the role. Um, what makes a good umpire? Um, consistency um, actually makes a good umpire. Consistency um, in the netball, uh, the rules of netball, um, we look at consistency and fairness. But I would say if you're consistent, then you would generally be, be seen as a fair umpire. So I would say consistency is key. And um, there's international umpires who have got the International Umpire Awards who've, who've suggested that as well. So it's all about consistency um, to, to make the best umpires. Have you noticed any differences in culture, like regional or, or, or national um, styles of playing, perhaps uh, uh, umpires or managers in slightly different ways? Have you had to manage that somehow? Or? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm lucky because the performance side of the umpiring is managed by the national associations generally. You know, obviously I'm aware of their performance and, and how they're doing because the international testing panel, the ITPs, um, do assessments on the umpires when they're at international events, as I mentioned before. So I do have that information, um, you know, on file. And, and so I do, I, I, I do have that. But I guess the we leave it to the member associations to make sure that the development is continuing and the umpires are supported. We, we obviously do have different regional variations on, on the programmes that are in place. Uh, and, and we're trying to, you know, we, we want to make sure that the umpires are supported as best they can. And um, so we do promote, you know, you know, we do try and promote that they have the right pathways in place, that they have coaches supporting them. And then we actually look to try and partner up. There's a lot of our member organisations that buddy up we sort of call like, you know, it's an informal buddy system, I would say. So um, when um, a country's looking to develop their officials, for example, they'll go to another region, um, another member in a region, and sort of try and get help from for them to make sure that the pathways are in place and to understand how to get the standards um, up and, and also to make sure the umpire is well looked after. How, how important is that cross-pollination? Yeah, I mean, you know, as a, as a federation, we, we're looking to empower. Um, you know, one of our pillars is empowering um, um, through, through netball. So we try and make sure that, um, you know, we do give people opportunities internationally where we can uh, and also make sure that we consult a, across the globe and make sure all the regions are represented um, so that we do keep um, the sort of the regions up to speed on what's happening. Obviously, there is cultural um, nuances. I mean, I, I, I'm lucky because I have a team of volunteers called Regional Officiating Coordinators. There's five of them, one per region. And they're sort of like my support within the regions. They're there to support the International Netball Federation processes and procedures. And they, they can sort of help me to work with the officials and to understand the officials that are in a, a certain um, region. Because obviously, um, you do have to understand that there are differences around the world in how people are and what people expect so you know i have that support network as well in place for myself and for the officials that we have globally how much of an effect does the voluntary um issues of of, of your members yeah i think i think um like all sports if you've got a big voluntary network um there, there, there's lots of opportunities, I would say, because goodwill um, is massive in, in netball. It's massive across netball, not just in the officials. But um, yeah, it's, it's one of these things that, you know, we, we greatly appreciate all the time volunteers give us. And 
you know, they have to give up their lives, uh, their work, their, their schooling, their children, um, you know, all, their family life all has to be kind of um, managed as well as all the voluntary netball that they do. Um, so um, it's, it's still one of these things, you know, obviously a professional sport um, would, would lead to people having a different situation. But at the moment, the officials are all voluntary internationally. There are some national, it's probably worth mentioning, there are some national organisations that do have professional officials, as in people who have got a contract with them. But it's not many um, and it, it's often supplemented with, with other things that they have to do, other jobs. So it's, we have quite a long way to go um, in, in netball. Even the players, I would say, on, there's not that many professional players in netball. A lot of the countries, it, almost all the countries are still a voluntary set of players. You know, there's only the higher ranked teams who have um, professional players who are contracted in that way. Do you find with that, I believe there's a bit of money in Australia? Yeah, as I said, there are, there are pockets of, um, so if there are pockets of professionals, as in there's um, money set aside for them as a, sort of, as a job. Um, um, Australia and New Zealand um, offer um, those opportunities for players and some officials, um, you know, it, in, in both arenas, playing and officials, and I expect their coaching staff as well. But, and, and I know, um, but other countries aren't necessarily in that space. Everybody's volunteering, players, coaches, officials. Do, do you find with the pockets of profession, professionalism, do you find that there is uh, perhaps um, a bias towards that in terms of the amount of, Australian, amount of umpires coming out of that region? Is there more from one region than another? Or, or you mean, uh, biased as in numbers or biased as in something else? No, as, as in, I know in, in my sport, hockey, there's been a, there's a, it's been a, a centralised programme for the international setup, which basically means all the talent from all, all over the UK tends to drift towards the southeast of England, where that's based. Mm -hmm. Do you find that? Um, I, I, I understand what you're saying. So um, in terms of... Um, in terms of the officials, it doesn't really happen that way at the moment still. Um, most umpires um, um, tend to stay in their sort of regions and countries. And um, there isn't that cross-pollination um, of programmes. As I said, the national um, associations manage their umpiring workforce, even the international ones, and we look to them to do that. And they, they do that um, uh, really well for us. Um, so we don't tend to do that cross-pollination nationally. Um, and internationally, we don't have that program set up to do that. We just appoint officials to event, they go and then come back. So we don't really have that happening in the officials. In the playing circle, obviously, when there's um, more contracts available in other countries, that, that is happening more now, where you have players who will move from one country to another to um, um, you know, get contracts in the playing and also to uh, sort of get more opportunities. But in the officials... Um, side of thing, not yet, no. If if all the best, if a lot of the best players are going towards where, the, where towards the leagues where they have the money, uh, I mean, presumably that that may have an effect on the on the standards of the league. Do yeah, you find you know, I'm, I'm obviously an official, so um, <laughs> I can only sort of make a comment on that from the experience that I've, that I've had personally. I would say or. And I, I know about, but I would say, you know, the 
I would say that the international competition has, a, has, has advanced, I would say, because of the cross-pollination of um, players. But that's just, um, you know, my personal view. It's probably something you would have to speak to some of the coaches more about, I would say. I wouldn't want to misrepresent um, the players, <laughs> to be honest. In terms of, um, in this series, I've spoken to a couple of people who've, who've started out at a low level domestically, umpiring yeah. domestically. And they've described how the umpiring the game changes. They have to be a bit more on the money because the stand, as the standard rises, they have to think quicker. They need to be looking at more detail. The umpire the game slightly differently. If the, if there's a talent drain uh, in terms of players from the domestic leagues, does this, would this potentially have an effect on the standard of umpiring in those leagues? You know, the, the world is obviously just different, so, you know, we have to manage that. And, yeah, the, there, are, there, are, there are opportunities in certain regions and countries that offer you different standards of play, but that, that is the reality. Um, we are trying to promote that, that you know, that, that changes and evolves, and a lot of the African countries uh, have done... Um, immense amount of work to advance their um, their umpire, uh, sorry their players and their match play, so that obviously helps the umpires as well. Um, but yeah, it, it, it you know I can't say that it, it's not the case, but we look to um, have um, the umpires manage that and obviously try and make sure that they're keeping current with the rules and that they're um, sort of keeping in contact with the umpire coaches internationally to uh, make sure that they're up to date with what's going on and, and understanding games. And we do encourage people to watch games and to make sure that they're looking at how the officials are managing games um, at different levels. So, um, yeah, but it is, it's, it's a challenge when you're in a sport that's obviously voluntarily and quite dispersed in terms of the world. Um, but we do try and make sure that the umpires are, are actively um, looked after. And obviously internationally, then they do get exposed to the right level of games to keep them developing and keep the standard of the games there for them. How would you describe the culture of attitude towards umpires in netball? Um, I, you know, it's interesting from, from my master's perspective, because we did, um, we did um, the last module we did, module two, was uh, performance and game management. And uh, we did a lot of video analysis uh, on that. We were looking at, um, trying to look in detail at how umpires were communicating and managing games. And there was frameworks that we were using, um, verbal frameworks and also um, like, um, sort of you could look at other frameworks as well to, to sort of analyze the game and non-verbal frameworks, et cetera. And when you looked at, I had to peer review other people's footage. So people were reviewing footage of, the netball umpire and I was reviewing footage of the rugby umpire and the basketball umpire in quite a lot of detail. And, and what I would say is that from a netball perspective, we, we are quite lucky or, well, I wouldn't say the word lucky, but we don't have the same amount of game management necessarily to deal with as other sports. As, a, as a, an umpire in netball, we, there's no disputing with the umpire in netball. So there, it doesn't mean there isn't disputing, but we have a game management pathways to deal with that. So um, from a um, umpiring perspective, I would say that most people, even if they don't like the decisions, they know they know how they have to deal with the decisions. So 
Um, my analysis is, is that the confrontational side of the sport that you may see um, happening player to umpire doesn't necessarily happen as it doesn't necessarily happen in netball and if it does it's very rare um so um yeah i would say that from an umpiring perspective most umpires are well respected in terms of you know they're there to try and make the game happen and without them the game can't be played so that's kind of what i would say from that question in other sports uh, hockey uh, rugby uh, the, the, the umpires are, are microphones. They're recorded during the match. Uh, uh, do you think um, is it a good idea? Would that be an interesting thing to have for fans in, in netball? Uh, they already do it actually um, in um, in this Vitality Netball Super League that's in England and the Suncup uh, Netball League over in Australia. They already do mic up umpires as well as in New Zealand for the. Um, a and Z competition, so it's already done, but it's only really done at an international level, and then some. It's it's, it's done at, I shouldn't say international. It's done at um, some of the major events for the international level, and then at the higher level of the national games, in some countries, it's done already. In terms of, you can hear what the umpire is saying as it's happening. Do you like this? Do you find this interesting? Um, yeah, I don't. It's not something. I don't think it's not something that we wouldn't want to do at all levels. It's just having the technology and yeah. and everything in place right it's, it's so it's not i don't think there's any resistance to it in netball particularly we don't have any um we don't think it's a it's a bad thing to be able to hear what the umpire is saying obviously they should be using hand signals at certain levels but to hear what the umpire is saying is not something that we 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 want we want the umpire to be heard and understood so um i don't believe there would be any anybody who wouldn't wouldn't see that as a good thing in netball I, I remember watching uh, an interview or, or hearing, hearing an interview between um, a very high standards football player and uh, a very high, an equally high standards uh, referee in that sport, and it, it's not it's not recorded. And they were talking about why it is uh, referees aren't recorded in, in football. Coaches send players out to intimidate refs. You know, try and get, and, and there's some language perhaps not, not repeatable in, uh, during the day. And, and uh, as you're saying, so from the player's point of view, they don't want to be recorded. And, and the player was saying, neither, neither would he imagine with, with the referees because they're giving in some back as well. You know, the, 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 the adult interaction between, between play, uh, players and referees in football perhaps requires a, 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 a bleak test. <laughs> yeah, so that again, you, you know, that's what I'm saying is when you've watched, when you look at other sports and the interactions, um, you know, you know, actually basketball, it was interesting. I, I've obviously not, I'm not a basketball expert, but watching officials in basketball in a quite minute detail, you know, really looking at what they're saying. You know, I was really looking at what they were kind of doing and non-verbally actually when I was looking at this footage you, you, you notice the, the uh, basketball there is that real full-on in your face like you know sort of interactions and I guess in football it gets like that as well but in netball we don't really get it that much we don't get that face on face I would say interactions you know we do have game management but it's usually done 
off the court onto a player and if we call the player over it wouldn't ever be close and again they can't dispute with the umpire else they get more they get penalized more so you just don't see that you don't see that kind of language if that makes you just don't see that um that the, the, the interaction of that nature between a netball official and, and, the, and the players and the coaches. It, does, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen, because it does. There are situations that come up which do get quite flared up. But I was saying most of the time with, with the netball, you don't, you don't get that. And, and um, yeah, the, the, uh, the bleep, bleeping of communications doesn't, wouldn't, doesn't happen that, that often, if at all, really, I would say, in netball. So, which I don't know. Again, it's just the, I think if you look at all the officials in different sports, the rules and, and also um, culturally what's happened again in the game not talking about even like regionally I'm saying culturally in a game what is normal behavior is different for different sports so what you see happening on a, on a football pitch between an official and a player compared to what you see in netball with an official and player are, are quite different although they're still you're still doing the same thing you're still communicating and you're still managing the game that interaction is different and it's different to how rugby does it and it's different to how football and it's different to how hockey does it oh. and um, I think there's just normalities in games that have come up and you don't even know where they've come from how did it come about that football referees are able to sort of have this dialogue that you were mentioning um, you know where did that start how did that come about the rules have always been there so how did that evolve but then that's normal now it's seen as part of the game it's called corporate theatre in, if you're looking at literature, I guess corporate theatre is what it's called, and it's how you know you as a an umpire and, and, and an official and them as players are, are playing the corporate theatre. It's an expectation of how those interactions are going to go, and it's expectation of the viewer, and it's expectation of the official, and expect, the expectation of the player. It's just part of the game. It's part of that corporate theatre. Video referrals, video assistant referees, they're all different things in, uh, in different sports. Um, I don't believe you have that in netball. No, um, the umpire's decision is final in uh, netball. Um, and I don't, know if you've, I, I don't know if you've watched a netball game. I think you mentioned you'd been to the Vitality uh, Netball Nations Cup, which was held in January um, in Birmingham and in, in London and um, was was sold out as I think we were talking about earlier um, but um, yeah we don't um, we don't have any um, referral uh, to umpires you have on, on, a, on an international game um, you will have three umpires um, you will have two who are active and one who's reserved but the only umpires the only people who are making decisions and making it real time with the two umpires um, the there's no stopping to check decisions or review decisions during the game and that doesn't happen and it's probably worth mentioning from a umpiring perspective, we have another team, um, that there's another team of officials that the umpires work with, which is the technical officials or the technical official bench, which is the scorers and timekeepers and data statisticians. So that's the umpire, that's the officials team on a match. But yeah, there's no review of decisions that happen. Um, everything happens live, decision is final. And if somebody disputes that, um, there is, um, the rules have um, game management protocols to... to yeah. What are these protocols? I mean, if someone disputed a, a, a call, what would happen? It depends. You've got you start you start with um, so when you talk about game management, there's formal and non-formal game management. So in that in that in that instance, you you might give them words of um, words of advice. 
So you you would start by just saying, you know, um, I, you know, the don't please don't dispute with the umpire, else you will, you know, it will evolve to something more serious and things like that. So um, and then just blowing your whistle more firmly, changing, um, changing how you say things, putting more emphasis on words. They're all the simple things that we um, would use as an umpire. But if they disputed badly enough, then there is formal management that you can do, such as a caution or a warning, etc. So, um, and that's all laid out um, well in the rules of netball. So, um, yeah. Would, would video referrals, would that be a, a good thing in netball? Would it be a hindrance? Is it, is it, is it needed or, or asked for? Well, you, you've, you've got to ask, so it's, again, it's about the flow of the game and what it's going to add to the game. Um, so um, it's, it's not something that we as an organisation have felt that's needed, but we obviously national associations are always um, being innovative in how they, they do the game. But even, um, even the, the leagues that have maybe sort of tweaked some of the, the ways that they do things nationally, which they're allowed to do um, for the national leagues, have never looked at referrals. They've looked at other things, but they've never looked at referring decisions out to another body. Um, so it's not something that, as a as a fan, I've ever, my personally as a fan again, um, I've ever sort of felt the need for. Um, so I mean, I don't know what decisions it would be to be honest, because there's so many decisions made. I think there was a review. There's thousands and thousands of decisions and calls made by a netball umpire actually. So it's which ones would you choose? You know, the goal going in is. You know, there's no need for us to, to check if a goal's gone in the netball net because it's kind of obvious to everybody. There's no, you know, in or out, like in a football match or something. So um, I don't know. And you've just got to look at the flow of the game. I know that um, adding technology to, 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 to sport is really important. But you've got to ask yourself when you're adding that technology, what problem are you trying to solve? Yeah. You know, you, rather than, you, it's no, there's no good using technology if you if you don't know what the outcome is that you're looking for from that exactly <laughs> keep it as simple as possible <laughs> i quite like that does the inf have any plans to help move umpiring forward in the future um you know we, we're always trying to be innovative obviously as a, an organization um, we, we have to be innovative because um, monetary-wise, we have a limited budget. Uh, we don't have a vast amount of money. So we're always trying to be innovative and creative in, in how we're moving things forward. I, I work as, um, my job as an umpiring manager is a volunteer um, project and change manager, really, in sport. Um, so um, I'm always working to try and evolve the systems, the processes and procedures to make them more efficient, to make people's um, participation in the sport as officials um, a positive experience. So um, I'm always looking at trying to change and evolve those practices. You know, we, with, there's all, lots of areas we'd like to get into that we don't, such as like a sort of um, educational programs at an international level, things like that. You know, there are those kind of conversations and those things that we're trying to move towards, but it's just about you know, moving everybody forward and the voluntary nature of our sport beyond um, the small pockets that we have just means that we can't always, the ambitions that we have can't always be um, sort of put into place, um, but we continue to strive for them. Christina, thank you very much. No, thank you.
This has been a Half Court Press production by Teo McLeod.